Hi guys, welcome back to the Adaptive Zone podcast. My name is Matthew Boyd. I'm a physiotherapist and running coach. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe and share it with a friend if you're so inclined. Today, we are going to be talking about breathing. And this is going to be a conversation with Tyler Eng, who some of you may know has been on the show before. He's a physio and running coach. And we're going to be sort of extracting some of the myths and legends around breathing. So Tyler, welcome to the Adaptive Zone podcast. Thanks for having me back, Matt. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional work? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm I'm a physio and run coach, like you mentioned. I have a company called uh, MoveSpace Physical Therapy and Performance. I'm based in San Diego, California, but I work with clients um, all over the country and internationally now too. So uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy working with runners just like you and yeah, happy to kind of nerd out some more about some running stuff today. Cool. And um, I know you're quite uh, popular on Instagram. Could you share your handle with us? Because I know that's where people are going to go to check you out. Yeah, sure. You can follow me uh, at Tyler Ng. That's spelled uh, T-Y-L-E-R-E-N-G. Cool. All right. So we're going to talk about breathing. And as I mentioned to you, this topic came to me after I did. Uh, I heard it from a few runners as a question. And then I, I put it out as a poll and it was on Instagram. It was like, what, what's your biggest limiter with running? And tons of people said breathing, which I wouldn't have expected. And that's why I sort of was chatting with you about it to see what your thoughts were. Cause I have my own right about what's going on there. But I thought it might be fun to kind of unpack that a little bit and give a bit of a nuanced answer for why people might feel that breathing is their limiting factor with their running. If that Sounds good to you. Yeah, no, I thought it was a a very good question because I I don't get it. Not too many people have asked me about breathing, but there have been a few. And I think when they do ask me, they're like very interested, like as if, you know, this breathing thing is like really a serious issue for them. So I think it's worth unpacking because I'm sure a lot of other runners have similar questions about breathing. Yeah. So why might a runner be breathing too hard in their mind? It's a good question. You know, I'm sure there's many, there's probably many reasons why someone could be having difficulty breathing while running. Uh, you know, but I think nine out of 10 times, a lot of people feel they're out of breath because they are running at a very high intensity or they're running very, very hard. And it might be running hard too often. And that's something I think you and I uh, both talk about a lot in our, a lot of our content about how a lot of runners, they just love to run hard all the time. Like we just crave that. We crave the pain cave, I think, sometimes. Um, not may, Maybe some runners don't enjoy that experience, but there's some that do. Um, and there are some issues with running hard all the time. And we don't, don't want to go into all of them, but one of them is just feeling like you're out of breath all the time. And that is honestly, I think, the simplest reason why most people experience difficulty breathing while running, which I know on its surface sounds like very, very simplified, but I think that often is the answer for most of the people who come with this problem. And if we just instruct them to slow down a bit until they can hold a conversation while they're breathing or while they're running, then breathing doesn't really become a problem anymore for the vast majority of people. And as we talked about in the last episode that I was on, there's a lot of benefits to easier, slower running. So 
yeah, I think in, in general, most runners who have difficulty with breathing are just running probably too hard too often. Yeah, and we did talk a lot about, uh, for the listener, that last podcast with Tyler, we talked about how to keep your heart rate in zone two, which, you know, your heart rate and your breathing rate essentially inextricably <laughs> linked. So they're going to move up and down very mm -hmm. much in, in tandem. So that episode is really good at sort of digging into the weeds on heart rate training and, and low intensity training. So the listener can just scroll back a little in the feed to check out that episode. I think I called it. Uh, how do I keep my heart rate in zone two or something like that? But if we if we were to talk about the the breathing, I think you're you're dead right that like most of the time the 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 increase in breathing or I can't hold my breath or I'm breathing too hard is coming from the intensity of the running. And a runner might say if you were to say okay, well if you slow down to a conversational pace, then you will be able to breathe more comfortably. They might say I can't slow down anymore. I'm already running really slow. What would you say to that? Well, <laughs> I think you could. We we talked about this before too. It's like you probably could go even slower than you think sometimes. So this is this is just the first thing I'll say is like okay, if you're going slow already double check, are you actually going slow? Because slower doesn't necessarily mean slow. And you know, slow might not be the right term. Maybe easy is better because yeah. rather than going slower, you should run at what you feel is easy. And usually that's the speed where you can, you know, comfortably run and talk and breathe just fine. So before you say, oh, I am running slow, slow, well, double check, like, are you really running slow enough or more appropriately, are you running easy enough to breathe well? Now, okay, let's say you are at a point where, you know, you're running relatively easy and you're still having difficulty with breathing. Then maybe we can look at some more breathing strategies to help uh, control your breath. But you have to make sure your running intensity is easy enough first, because if you don't put that in check, these breathing strategies probably won't make a big difference. Yeah, and that's, I think the key thing is when you see a lot of online content like uh, on Instagram or, or YouTube or whatever, talking about, um, it's like how to instantly reduce your heart rate, how to instantly reduce your breathing rate. And then they'll usually give like ways of breathing, like, or, or that kind of thing. And it's like, well, if you're running too fast, you're, your muscles need the oxygen and they only get that from the blood. And if they need more blood, the heart will pump faster. So the only way to accommodate that is to slow down. So if you don't have your intensity in the easy zone, you will not breathe easy, no matter what you do with your breathing. And I think, as you said, it's important that you establish that first, because if you are running too fast, it doesn't matter how you breathe, you will always be breathing hard. Uh, you just maybe try to do it in a different way, but you'll still be breathing hard if you don't slow down. Is that? Would you agree with that? Totally agree. And I think it's funny because yeah, I, I, you know, I see these breathing techniques online as well, and like how to get your heart rate down, how to get your breathing under control. And the funny thing is, like a lot of these strategies, they end up forcing you to run slower and easier anyway. <laughs> so you know. Who's to say, is it the breathing technique that's helping or are you actually just slowing down enough to where you can breathe appropriately? Um, <laughs> I've never thought of I, that. That's a good point. And I know that it's like people listening, you're like, really, that's it? Like, that's all you got to do is just run slower. But it kind of is that simple nine out of 10 times. And 
you know, that's why I really wanted to talk, I'd be on this episode with you because I've been seeing more and more content about like, there has to be a certain way to breathe optimally to perform or be better. And, you know, from the research, it's not quite that simple. It's not, well, it might be actually more simple than some of these, uh, con the, these pieces of content are presenting. Uh, so I want to make sure we cut through some of the weeds so people can understand like, okay, well, what can breathing techniques do and what, what do they not really do as maybe sometimes advertised? Mm, yeah. So let's say that a runner has sort of checked that first box of intensity. I am running easy. What then can they do with their breathing to help it make it feel easier? Are there any specific strategies they could use in the moment? Yeah, so I think there's a few ways to do it. And some of it is somewhat supported by research and some are a little bit more like anecdotal from like coaches experience um, and, and experience by elite runners. I think one of the first things that I think is a helpful way to train breathing is, is nasal breathing, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen on the internet. Like there's a lot of influencers who talk about the amazing benefits of nasal breathing and there, there certainly are. There's, you know, we should absolutely be breathing through our nose most of the time at rest or while sleeping, hopefully. Uh, now with running though, there is a little bit of nuance with breathing through the nose. Breathing through the nose is great for many reasons. Like it humidifies the air. It kind of it uh, filters out pathogens and it actually makes the air more optimal for, uh, absorbing oxygen, uh, when it enters your lungs. So nasal breathing is super helpful for running and runners should be breathing through their nose probably as much as they can. However, the nose also has smaller airways than uh, say your mouth does. And because of that, when you're running at higher intensities, higher speeds, you are going to be deprived of oxygen because you're limited in the amount you can um, take in through your nose alone. So there is a point where if you're running at a high enough intensity, you have to breathe in through your mouth in addition to your nose to get enough oxygen to sustain those intensities. And sometimes in, in some places on the internet, uh, mouth breathing can be um, uh, given a, a worse rep than it needs to in, the, in, in a runner's situation. So we do need to use our mouth to breathe when we're running at higher intensities. If you're running a race as fast as you can, uh, good luck trying to PR with just nasal breathing alone. It's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, you're going to need your mouth and that's okay. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's normal. That's why we have airways in our mouth, you know, in our nose so we can get in as much air as possible. Um, now I, I don't want to, I'm kind of deviating a little bit from the original question, but for people who are struggling, who want to improve their breathing while they're running, I think it is beneficial to maybe focus on nasal only breathing while you're running at lower intensities. And the reason is because the more you actually practice nasal breathing, the easier it gets. Um, nasal breathing actually um, increases this thing called nitric oxide, which actually in, in makes your blood vessels bigger and that increases blood flow uh, in throughout your body. And if you got more blood flow, then you got more oxygen accessible to your muscles and therefore you can work harder longer. So 
nasal breathing, the more you do that, the more uh, oxygen you can get to your body, which is great. Uh, and it also helps kind of train your diaphragm a little bit better because you are going to be focusing a lot on that diaphragmatic breathing. Likely when you're using your nose, less of the uh, muscles kind of that um, around your chest. So we'll go into that too, but the, you know, the difference between like chest breathing and uh, quote unquote belly breathing, which is a little bit of a misnomer, but that nasal breathing can help strengthen the diaphragm and improve oxygenation to the rest of the body. So you can work harder, faster, longer. It's funny with what you said at the start about using um, different breathing strategies and you end up running slower earlier. Uh, you end up running slower anyway, reducing your intensity so that the respiratory rate comes down. Because, you know, I used to do this. I just, I'd forgotten about it because I used to, to help me stay in zone two because I would have earphones in and I would forget to look at my watch and then I'd slip into zone three for like half my long run. So I started breathing through my nose to make myself run slower because I found I, I found it really hard to run and get in zone three, but zone two, I could keep up for a while. And it's interesting as well, what you mentioned about adapting to it, because it did get easier. I found I could run faster at higher heart rates without opening my mouth. And that happened within weeks, I'd say, like a couple of months. It wasn't super slow. Um, so it's interesting that you can use that as a strategy to slow down and that you may also be improving oxygenation a little bit. But the, the, you have to draw that very um, distinct line between this can be a helpful training strategy to use sometimes at lower intensities to nasal breathing is always better, right? Because there is workouts in mm -hmm. zone three, four, and five or racing where you want to have your mouth open and trying to keep your mouth closed is not going to serve the objective of those um, workouts or races. Yes, exactly. That's a great um, distinction to make because also, you know, if you are trying to improve your overall breathing, you know, one metric that a lot of runners are probably familiar with are, is VO2 max, which is like the maximum amount of oxygen you can use while exercising. And, you know, running at slow intensities can actually help with VO2 max, but also running at very high intensities helps improve VO2 max. And you have to breathe through your mouth in order to achieve those high intensities. We're talking about like zone four, zone five, heart rate zone. Uh, so, you know, mouth breathing does have its place to improve your ability to breathe overall and absorb oxygen. So yeah, it's, you can improve it through many different ways, running easier, running at high intensities. Uh, but I think it's also just doing, making sure you have a good variety of, of running where it's not only hard runs all the time and same, not always easy runs all the time. You, you definitely have to have the spread of both to maximize those, those uh, gains. Hmm. So you mentioned belly breathing before, and then you referred to chest breathing. Could you elaborate? Uh, no, I think you call it. Um, did you call it belly breathing? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you elaborate on those two things and what the difference is and why? I mean, some people might have heard of them, but not understand them. Other people might, you know, be practitioners of one or both. So could you just kind of tease that out for us, what you're talking about there? Yeah. So, you know, if if anyone listening does like yoga a lot, then they'll probably heard the terms like belly breathing or maybe even crocodile chest breathing. breathing. You lie on your tummy and your, your back goes yeah, up and down yeah. like a crocodile. Exactly. Um, dragon's breath. That's another um, fun nasal that breathing cool. drill. Do you breathe yeah, fire? 
Uh, not yet. I think I think you're supposed to, but I'm not good enough yet. So I'm, I'm working on it. But yeah, so these terms are thrown around. And uh, basically, if we're talking from a more um, technical term, technical terms, we, we have chest breathing is what we call like accessory breathing, which is like using muscles uh, that are not your main respirators to like get an air and that usually people puff out their chest when they're breathing this way. Uh, and usually you do that when you're running at higher intensities, you're trying to get as much air as possible. But chest breathing is not the most efficient way to breathe. So that's why a lot of uh, people promote belly breathing, even though belly breathing is technically not the correct term. You know, it's called belly breathing because your belly can expand as you're breathing, but it's not really the belly that's doing the breathing. It's your diaphragm uh, lowering down to contract and pull air into the lungs. So that's diaphragmatic breathing and belly breathing are uh, synonymous in that way. So what we're really trying to do is strengthen uh, your diaphragm or improve the control of your diaphragm to bring in air to your lungs, because that's the most efficient way to bring in as much air as possible. And often when we're running, we're going to use a combination of both. You're not going to be mm. using only belly breathing. You can't eliminate chest breathing completely. That's not really uh, realistic. Uh, and that's okay because there's a reason why we have both because we're trying to get in as much air as we can to be as efficient uh, as possible. Yeah, it's a, that's another thing I've heard from people before is that they're trying to practice belly breathing while they're running. And I, I certainly never encouraged it because of the reason you just said that the when we're running uh, in the absence of some very specific reason, which... I can't think of one right now. We want to allow our body to breathe in the way that it finds most effective. So that is going to be a mixture of descending the diaphragm or belly breathing and expanding the chest upwards, which is like accessory breathing. Like you said, it's going to use both and the amount to which it uses each, you know, breathing is, is our subconscious mind's job. I kind of feel like it should be left to that. So if we're trying to override that and maybe consciously depress our chest, and push out our abdominal muscles to, to, you know, make it feel like the, the, the belly is expanding. I, I can't see that being all that helpful with then taking conscious control of a subconscious system and potentially trying to do it in a way that it, you know, the subconscious control doesn't think that that's the way to go. What, do, what are your thoughts on that? I, I agree. I think trying to, teach people to be con conscious about it while running is, and I don't think it's the best, uh, most productive way to train breathing and not the most realistic either, because when you're running or racing, it's not something you really think about at all when you're running fast or when you're running. Uh, it's not something you want to think about when you're running, really. You don't want to be focused on every single breath. Like you're going to do that hundreds, thousands of times, and it's a lot of work. The great thing is like breathing, you know, breathing is for humans is, is built as an automatic system, which is pretty nice because we don't have to think about it. You know, here you and I are talking, we're breathing. We're not really thinking about each breath we're taking. I haven't forgot yet. Yeah. And when you're running, you can do the same thing. Like you're the running, you, you enter a rhythm of running, of breathing while running, just as you're taking steps right and left. You don't think about landing on your right leg, landing on your left leg while running and breathing is the same way. 
And we want to treat it as such. We don't want to make it harder for you to breathe while running by having to consciously think about it all the time. Now, I think there are, there are uh, some schools of thought of maybe consciously trying to breathe at a certain uh, rhythm, like uh, at a ratio, mm. like you want to breathe uh, one breath every, let's say like three steps while you're running or four steps or five. And, you know, there's some schools of thought that if you can use that kind of system to decrease your breathing rate, which, which can be beneficial. Um, or there is, there's some like very, uh, loose research around, uh, rhythm breathing to help with like stitches, like, or, um, cramps, mm. like in your stomach. And the thought is that, uh, if you use like an odd number of steps for breathing, that it's somehow like helps make sure that one side of your trunk isn't having a stitch more than the other. So it just evens out the the workload now i don't know if i completely buy into that right now because there's not a ton of science behind it but that's what i have seen um kind of online in the literature there's some school of thought of that more conscious breathing of like okay i'm going to make sure i only breathe every four steps or five steps uh, but for me personally i don't really ever use that because i don't feel like any of my runners really need it or or benefit for, would benefit from it um, based off the things they're you know telling me they have problems with. Oftentimes, like I said in the beginning, I will just have them slow down so the runs are easy, and their breathing is going to get better as they're running more and more and more. So, yeah. you know, we're going over these like breathing like strategies, which again are more like the icing on the cake. But the real cake is just it's running more. Honestly, the more miles you run, you're going to be breathing the whole time, and you're you're ventilatory capacity is going to get better and better the more you train it. So th that's kind of like the crux of this. Yeah. With the rhythm, like I have, I remember listening to that in a podcast one time when I was running and trying it for about five minutes and thinking this is the most exhausting thing I can possibly imagine. <laughs> like it was so tiring, like mentally taxing. And then every now and again, I'd have to just stop and like let myself breathe for a bit because I either was breathing too much or just breathing not enough. And it was so apparently unnatural. <laughs> well, I suppose anything's unnatural. So I, I, maybe don't throw the bet. I think that what you said about stitches, that's interesting. And I do want to do an episode on stitches at some point in the future. The The difficulty there is with the spoiler alert is we don't really know what they are or where they come from or why they're there or how to treat them. And so <laughs> they are, they're very difficult to address. But I think, you know, potentially using that as a, a treatment strategy and then seeing if it works, I don't see any harm in that. It might work. It probably, if it does work, would work for not the reasons you think it's working like most things. But um, in terms of the rhythm, my personal experience of it is that it was not pleasant and quite exhausting. Similar to the diaphragm breathing, right? When you try and force that when you're running, that's exhausting too. I would say personal experience with the nasal was it allows you to slow down and it does become more comfortable with time and does seem a little bit more of a reasonable strategy than than the other two. I did want to go back to the belly breathing though, because, you know, as we were chatting about it in preparation for this episode, there is some utility, I believe, to uh, belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing as a kind of relaxation tool. And, and the minimization of chest breathing, again, as a relaxation tool, often in 
relaxation techniques or meditation techniques. I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit and how that fits into what we're talking about when we're running. Yeah, no, that's a great, um, great point because yeah, like it, yogis love to promote more diaphragmatic breathing to, you know, you know, yogi, yogis figured out pretty quickly. It's like, okay, this actually like helps people relax their nervous system and chill out. So people who are, you know, high stress, high anxiety people, you've probably, maybe you've tried some diaphragmatic or belly breathing and you found, oh, you know, I'm much more relaxed or calm after, you know, doing like 10 breaths. I'm like, huh. And that's not by mistake. That's, you know, we have, you know, research showing that diaphragmatic breathing helps upregulate what's called the parasympathetic nervous system or your, you know, more commonly known as your rest and digest part of your nervous system. That's, that's really helpful because it helps you, um, stay more relaxed, stay more calm, stay more in control. So, you know, what, let's say when you're running, if you are using more of your diaphragm, you can make sure your uh, rest and digest nervous system is staying more upregulated rather than your fight or flight nervous system, which is, is helpful in some instances. Like when you're trying to get a big surge of speed or you're, you're really trying to like, really trying to move, then yeah, you want to have that adrenaline pumping. But if you're doing a long race, long run, you can't be a run. You can't be running the whole thing on adrenaline. You're not going to make it. You're going to burn out. So, the diaphragmatic breathing helps that nervous system stay kind of in check, so that we're not we're not going uh, into overdrive the whole time. And that's gonna that's also going to help slow your breathing rate, which is going to you know correlate with lower heart rate, which means less work on your your heart which means you'll be able to sustain the work you're doing while running a lot longer than if your nervous system's jacked up and your heart rate's going crazy and you're breathing faster. And then at that point, hmm. you're, you're going to run out of steam pretty quickly. So it's almost like if you use, let's say, belly breathing as a relaxation tool, which I actually do all the time. I meditate every morning. And one of the things I do when I notice I can't get my mind to settle down is I put my hands on my tummy and I try and consciously breathe into my belly. and I think some of that may be physiological, like it promotes, um, because, uh, uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds because the diaphragmatic form of breathing is more relaxed and the chest form of breathing is more intense. The intense form will be associated with high stress situations, whereas the, the low intensity one will be associated with low stress. And, and I think that there will be a sort of, um, body mind connection there but i also think a lot of the time it's you know not quite a placebo but uh, you know i'm having trouble relaxing my thoughts i put my hands on my tummy and i think about belly breathing now i've got something to think about so i stop thinking about other things and then i try and concentrate on that one thing and that calms my mind down and that in turn calms my parasympathetic uh, sorry increases my parasympathetic or rest and digest system so i think it could be coming in from both ends there but i think what you're getting at there with the running is if you are feeling stressed psychologically like you are you know um probably a race is the easiest one to think of it and you feel like you're just getting all in your head and getting worried then thinking about the movement of your diaphragm and the diaphragmatic breathing might be helpful to relax your mind a bit but may not it's not something where you want to try and minimize the the chest breathing it's just pay a little more attention to the belly breathing Am I on the right lines there? Is that what you were getting at? 
Yeah, no, totally. So yeah, you're not gonna, I think when you're running that hard, you're definitely not gonna like only be able to like shut down your chest and then only do diaphragmatic breathing. I, I don't think that'll be physio- physiologically probably possible when right. you're running that hard. <laughs> but like you said, like, yeah, your nervous system is going to be more, you know, I, I like to say chilled out, not not super technical, but I feel like that's the that's the feeling I get when when I personally do it. I'm like, okay, I'm like calming down. And yeah, that psychologically helps you so much on race day because you're not panicking. Because that's mm. what happens, right? You hit the wall or you're getting close or you're hitting like maybe you're at running a hard, big hill and you're like, oh my God, this thing's like taking the energy out of me. It's like, well, okay, let's like go back to our training, like think about, you know, calm the breathing down, let's stay focused. And, you know, if you can keep your breath, your breathing rate under control as you're ascending that hill or whatever tough part of the race you're in, then you're going to be in more control, you're going to be more confident, and you'll be able to make better decisions too. You're not going to panic and be like, oh, I need to, you know, maybe kick it at this point. It's like, no, maybe Hmm. just be more patient. Like, don't worry if there's a few people passing you by, you know, because we all get that, that anxiety when runners run by us and we're like, oh, maybe I need to keep up with them. It's like, no, you got to plan, stick with it, use your breathing to make sure you have clarity throughout that race or whatever run you're doing. I think there's some really helpful strategies and clears up some of the misconceptions, I think, around breathing that I wanted to circle back to something you said earlier about, you know, if you run enough, you'll be breathing a lot. You will get better at it. Your ventilation will get better. And I sometimes flippantly say when my runners say something like, you know, I'm just breathing so hard. How do I slow my breathing down? I say, you have to get fitter because really that, that is the crux of it. Like if you want to run six minute kilometers and breathe like in a very relaxed way, you have to be very, very efficient. You have to be very, very fit. If you want to run six minute kilometers and breathe like you're, you know, about to pass out, you just have to be very unfit, you know? And then, and then, so it, it really comes down to fitness. Which I guess it's a mixture of, you know, having higher levels of fitness will allow you to run faster with lower breathing, making sure that you're running easy for you when you are trying to breathe easy, and maybe some slight attention to some of the techniques we talked about today, about nasal breathing and diaphragmatic breathing as a kind of footnote what do you think yeah no i'm i'm with you there you know in the end of the day yeah overall fitness is going to be what needs to be driven up to make breathing easier when you want to run faster or longer uh and i think it's important to know it's like you know breathe trying to focus on trying to improve your breathing in isolation is is pretty hard you're never going to improve one aspect of your running in isolation you're going to be improving everything all at once and of course we can bias certain systems more than others but you know if you're improving your breathing you're probably improving your muscular endurance your strength your you know everything else so it's not that it's not that breathing in itself it's like okay let's just focus on breathing and ignore (laughs) all the other aspects of running no it's all it's all going to happen together and it's all going to come with more running, you know, more running is going to make you better at running. That's it's oversimplified, but at the same time, it's simplified enough. Like I think that's where we need to make sure it's like running is relatively simple, but hard to do consistently and get better. So Mm. simple, but, but hard. 
I would add to that that yes, more running will make you fitter. But if you only have like six hours a week to run per week, I would say if you looked at increasing the quality of those six hours, so making sure you're in zone two for the low intensity stuff, making sure you're hitting zone five, like right up at the top of VO2 max, hitting it properly. I think those things are going to drive your fitness up um, much quicker than if you were to do all of that six hours at that kind of medium intensity, which we've talked about before um, on the last episode. And I think that is another way to look at it. It's not just, um, you know, just wait and keep running. It's like, look at the quality of your running training. There may be a lot to move the needle on there in terms of improving, what's the word? Uh, making it so you're not breathing so hard when you're trying to run easy. Agreed. Yeah, I think especially if you are limited in the time you can run per week. Yeah, I think devoting that spread of of you know enough low intensity but high enough intensity and not spending too much time in the middle ground if you really want to maximize uh, those fitness gains, especially in the breathing side of things. So yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with that. And the, another thing that, you know, I do mention sometimes, but it's probably a bit much to get into today is that like strength and strength and power training, I call it, because if you get stronger and more powerful in your muscles, each step that you take when you run becomes easier because those muscles don't find it so hard. So they don't need so much oxygen. So they don't make you breathe so hard. So that, that's another thing where your training can influence your fitness, which will influence how hard you're breathing but these things take time and they don't take you know they don't make popular reels let's say you know it's it's much just do this one thing and your breathing will slow right down it's like yeah slow down and your breathing will slow down. <laughs> yeah i know it's yeah it's funny um yeah i know some of the some of the pieces of content out there they 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 can be misleading but yeah it's i think yeah it's just important to know it's like at the end of the day you still have to train hard you have to train smart to get all these adaptations. There's not going to be a quick fix that's going to suddenly make your breathing um, way easier. I think that's an excellent place to end it. I think we got, got around most of the common questions around running and some of the misconceptions. Obviously, there's some like things that I would say if you had pathology, right, like allergens, asthma, that kind of thing. I mean, apart from your, obviously your medical treatment of those things, I would say that the advice still stands. I can't think of any um situation where it would gross where it would greatly change what we would be thinking about can you no i w i wouldn't really change the advice um for even pe with people with maybe uh, some sort of respiratory pathology because at the end of the day the same principles apply just maybe at a different side of the scale so maybe we mm. have to just lower the scale a little bit for someone who has uh, a respiratory issue like maybe asthma uh, and I can speak as someone who has uh, outdoor allergies <laughs> a lot. Like right now, I'm like, uh, I've definitely uh, been having some stuffiness the past week or two. And nasal breathing for me is a little bit harder because I just got right. some more um, resistance in there. So, you know, for me, like sometimes I might just need to slow down my run a little extra just so I uh, can get enough air in or, uh, you know, maybe I'm just using a little bit more mouth breathing when I'm running hard and, you know. That's okay. You know, there's a reason why you have the extra airway there to support you, you know, so uh, don't be afraid to use it. Um, and yeah, even if you have these 
other issues, you can still get the benefits of everything we talked about as far as training, the techniques, et cetera. Yeah, I would say just to kind of clarify, I mean, I don't give the disclaimers that much on this show, but this isn't medical advice. So if you have asthma or if you have serious allergies, you know, don't don't do anything we say without consulting with uh, people who actually actively manage that for you and help you with it. One hundred percent. So, if uh, if someone enjoyed the episode today and they wanted to follow you online, maybe connect with you to see what it looks like to work with you, how how would they get in touch? Yeah, the best place to find me is Instagram. Uh, that's at Tyler Ng T Y L E R E N G. Uh, feel free to shoot me a DM if you got some questions. And yeah, always happy to help uh, any runners out there. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on again, Tyler. We'll have you back on sometime soon, I think. Next time one of these questions pops up into my mind and I want to have a good rant about it, we'll, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, yeah, it was fun.